Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. That being the one, the only, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we are going to spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in uh, our trademark. This is a trademark now. It's been filed with all the proper authority. Energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. We'll talk a little bit of recreation and cycling, that kind of thing. Business, we're going to get into some business today. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us as always. Thanks for spending some time with us through your radio, out driving around perhaps with it tuned to Information 1000 KSOO. KSOO.com, where you can stream this program anytime and all of our fine programming here on the station, as well as on the KSOO mobile app with the one-touch streaming and all the updates and the weather and the news and all that kind of stuff. You can't go wrong with the KSOO mobile app. And remember, we do have Facebook Live uh, on most occasions here on the program for uh, good portions of it, sometimes the whole thing. Depends on what's going on. You know, sometimes uh, uh, telephone conversations are not the best uh, Facebook Live, <laughs> as it turns out, because you only get, it's like watching a Bob Newhart skit. You only get one side of the, uh, one side of the conversation. And, you know, I'm no Bob Newhart. So uh, Bob Newhart, who, you know, st- remains one of the funnier men, one of the best comedians in American history, still going, kicking around doing appearances on television and such. I follow him on Twitter. Very funny guy. I like Bob Bob Newhart. Does that, does that make me old? How old does that sound? Because that would, even when I was a kid, Bob Newhart was for the olds, you know? So Should I tell you that, that my parents had Smothers Brothers records that we would play? Yeah. So so I'm I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the Smothers brothers. Yeah, you know, so yeah. Bob Newhart. So so I, I can I can join you in the vintage comedy realm. Yeah. Well Newhart always had, you know, his signature uh phone conversations. He even did them on the show, you know, on his TV shows. He still worked them in there and they were hilarious. It's just his approach, you know. Sometimes what he's saying is not particularly funny, but it's the way he's doing it that is funny. It's good stuff. Good stuff, Bob Newhart. Don't know how I got onto the Bob Newhart show. But you can also get us on our Twitter account at P Lally Show. Uh yeah, it's you know, it's this it's the best little city in America. Um, and it is a grand and glorious day, but it's a little soggy. Dan. A little soggy out there. And I, I'll admit to you here and now, Mr. Dan Peters, Uber producer, that laying in bed this morning, I did in fact question whether I was going to ride my bike to work today and on, on my, my tour about the city that I do each and every day. And uh, I, I just decided, you know, let's strap it on. Let's make this happen. Get out the rain gear. Don't be a weenie. Keep the streak going. Because I got a streak going now. And that's what keeps you uh, motivated sometimes is the streak. Because you don't want to, I'm, I'm working on a several week streak. And I don't want to give it up. I don't want to stop now. So a little rain really shouldn't keep you from riding the bike. Although I was very lonely out on the trail today. <laughs> I saw one runner and then one guy walking. That was it, going in. You know, but you, I can confirm that you had the rain gear on mm-hmm. along with your helmet, mm-hmm. all, your, all your accoutrements. I was geared up. You and, had it. Uh, you had it going. You know, if you uh, make the proper preparations, you can ride in pretty much anything. So, I did ride today, but I did. I saw one of the strangest things, though, that I think I've ever seen on on the trail. And this happens. These kinds of things happen when you're out there by yourself. Okay, these are not the kinds of things you'll see on a you know beautiful Saturday afternoon when there's hundreds and hundreds of people out on the trail. I'm out there by myself and. Uh, uh, I actually was noticing sort of how beautiful it was because the the trail in the, in the nicer places, the uh, the 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 newer spots, it kind of has a sheen to it when it gets wet. It, it actually reflects back the world, you know, and it, it's kind of cool. And I'm noticing that there's like uh, you know the crawlers, the night crawlers, they're out there, you know, trying to find respite from the uh, from the water, trying not to drown. Yeah, you know how they do, and. So I come up to come around the by the dog park at Spencer Park there, kind of in that area, 
And I noticed there's just hundreds of robins just kind of lining the sides of the trail. Like they were greeting me into Spencer Park in some sort of, you know, phalanx of, of aviary congratulations for just being out there. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, then I realized something. Uh, the robins are there because the worms are there. But there were, I don't know, just through this one stretch, hundreds of them. And it was, and I realized they were just feeding. It was a feeding frenzy on, on the poor worms. It was like shooting worms in a barrel for these, <laughs> for these robins. And, uh, you know, when I came along, I probably kind of made them angry because they had, they kind of flew away. But I, I was impressed by how, I, it was just like a, it was like a murderer's row for the poor worms with all those robins. So you see, you see kind of, you know, when you're out there on days when not everybody's out there, you see things that you wouldn't normally see. And so that's that's the reward for strapping on the gear and uh, riding in the rain. And that's just a, a microcosm of some of the innate things that you can find on the bike trail yeah. in the Sioux Falls area. Yeah, it's a great value. The, the crown jewel of the city. I was thinking today, too, the other thing I, uh, as I was riding in... Um, you know, sometimes it's best to think about things. What if they weren't there, right? And so what would you do? So the, the, if the bike trail wasn't there, I would be riding on the streets, which is fine. I can ride on the streets. But in the rain and, and it would be kind of nasty and trying to, to, to weave it. And I'm, I, just, I was very thankful in that moment that that system is there, not just for your recreation, people. It's not just some place to go walk the dog. It actually is part of the transportation infrastructure in our fair community that offers us the opportunity to make choices that are what's best for each one of us individually. And the worms. And worm aside. And worm. <laughs> worm aside. There was definitely worm aside going on out there on the trail today. So, you know, lovely day. So it's still, the point being, getting back to the original point, it is still... Another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. And just over your right shoulder, I can start to see shadows because oh. I think the, the sun might be poking through. Oh, Ooh, good tone. Very nice. Do you like that? Yeah. Thanks, Dan. That means something coming because Dan has a fine singing voice. He's got the, the better voice in the studio. He's got a great radio voice, of course, but you have a fine singing voice, too. Where we're gonna do uh, radio uh, the karaoke thing? Radio karaoke. Oof, still got to do that. Yeah, that we, that will probably we we need a little bit more polishing before yeah, we that's true. pull that that's off. I think maybe need to alert the authorities. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, Jody Schwan, our old friend Jody Schwan, a frequent appearances on this program. She is, of course, publisher of SiouxFalls.Business, and she knows everything going on in this town. We'll be discussing the latest openings and closings, as well as other business developments and what's coming up here in Sioux Falls. The Smart Cyclist is in for weird friends. Speaking of cycling, I have a story. I got I to make a confession uh, to Michael Christensen, the Smart Cyclist. I've got to just bare my soul on something I did that's probably yesterday happened in I, it's not appropriate, but you're going to have to stick around for that. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the next break. Today's topic, outdoor swimming pools. Yes, outdoor swimming pools. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 320 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And so do we want to be closer to free with the Bodines, and we will get there on the PL statement, or we will try. In this time on the show, when we look through the news and look for things that interest us, perhaps disturb us, make us angry, sad, or happy, inspired, 
all the good things, all the emotions that can come from the news. And today I turn my attention, I should say I almost started talking about uh, the whole uh, William Brennan uh, losing his security clearance with Trump and that's, that's getting nasty, nasty, nasty. Uh, and uh, I, it's, you know, it's going to get nastier. I think we all know that. Uh, but I want to talk about pools. Pools, pools, pools. We all love pools, right? You know who loves pools? Teresa Staley. City Councilor Teresa Staley. Uh, you remember uh, our friend, friend of the show, Teresa Staley, uh, first rose to public prominence when uh, she fought against the plan to build a indoor pool at Drake Springs and uh, won that fight with a public vote. And now she's on the city council and there's a story today by Patrick Anderson at your Sioux Falls Argus Leader about the why the pools are closing early and uh, Teresa figures prominently in this. Uh, but, you know, it's not really about Teresa. So the, the headline is Outdoors Pools Closing Early. But why? But Why? <laughs> Well, it's not has not really a secret. Officials say seasonal workforce, not indoor facility, to blame. So, uh, Teresa, uh, you know, as she is wont to do, asking a lot of questions uh, because uh, and she's a swimmer, okay, uh, and in fact was a lifeguard. Uh, I believe she's some uh, growing up at, back there in Mulbridge, up, up there in that area somewhere, and she still swims and goes to Frank Olson. And she and I have talked about this. It's a, it's a nice pool that they have at Frank Olson. It's still got lanes and everything. Uh, it's, I think it's the oldest pool in our system right now because, you know, we've gone to the, uh, the uh, more of the water park model, which, you know, is probably good for the kiddos. But for us traditionalists, you know, it's kind of sad. But Frank Olson's still a, a big old, uh, you know, laned pool. And she goes over there and swims all the time, which is fantastic. But uh, so... A, couple, a little bit ago, Frank Olson closed early, closed on August 5th, and uh, that got Teresa kind of hankered up. And she's been talking about this for a while, and Pat Anderson finally did a story. Not finally. He did a story about it. So Frank Olson closed on August 5th. Uh, that last year closed on August 11th. So And then they start closing pools early all over town. Laurel Oak, August 10th, compared to August 13th last year. Keene, 12th, compared to 18th. Drake Springs, 17th compared to 20. McKinnon, the, the kiddie pool over there, 19th compared to 20th. And uh, Terrace Park, still open. Uh, off, it's usually, the, it will always is the last pool to close. They said, and here's the deal. And, and Teresa's concern is that, uh, you know, we built this uh, uh, indoor, the, the Midco Aquatic Center, which is fantastic, by the way. Fantastic pool. I love the Midco Aquatic Center. Um. Teresa's curious whether keeping that place open has contributed to the early closings of the pools, right? And uh, Teresa says a progressive, vibrant community like Sioux Falls should be able to find a way to keep those pools open longer in the month of August. Well, here, here's the problem. Lifeguards, all right? There's a huge shortage of lifeguards, not just in Sioux Falls, everywhere. Okay. For reasons that are, you know, I don't know the exact reasons. I think it has something to do with pay, has something to do with uh, uh, the fact that you got to be certified. Uh, People just don't want to be lifeguards. And maybe it has to do with the prevalence of skin cancer. I don't know. There are fewer lifeguards in this world to the point where uh, they have been recruiting hard and through the summer trying to find people to be lifeguards. That's why they have to close the pools. And now this year, School is starting back before Labor Day, which is additional reason to close them earlier because kids are getting ready for school and all that. And there's just going to be lessons. You don't need to keep the pools open till Labor Day. Kids are in school. Okay. They're going to be in school. They're already starting in all the activities. It's hard to find people to work at the pools. And college kids, they're headed back. And, you know, they want a little time off. So people start to, and I've seen this discussion online in uh, various forums with Teresa, where people are like, you know, when I was a lifeguard, you had to sign a contract that said, well, if you make them sign a contract that says they're going to stay through August, they're not going to sign the contract. They're not going to do the job because they're not going to stay. Their school starts earlier. 
College starts before Labor Day, you see. And it doesn't have any, uh, Teresa, it doesn't have anything to do with being progressive or vibrant. It has to do with lifeguards. If you can find adults that want to be seasonal lifeguards, that's great. The people that work at Minko, different, they're they're not seasonal, different deal. They're people who live here year round. I mean, and, and maybe there's a few who would work there if there wasn't an indoor pool, but that's no reason not to have an indoor pool. You know, you can't, you can't find a conspiracy in, in, in pools closing early. And I, I wish they could stay open or I wish there were outdoor, you know, heated outdoor pools into the fall because I love to swim, but there's not, it's just the reality that's why we have a beautiful indoor facility that I love. It's just the lifeguards. It's just a labor shortage. That's all. That's all. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. You could agree or disagree with me. And Teresa, go ahead, send me the email, Patrick at KSO.com, you and everybody else. Contact us on Twitter at P Lally Show. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we've got the smart cyclist, Michael Christensen. And uh, I got a story to tell. I got a confession to make. So that'll be fun. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 334 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Got fired from a cattle drive up north. The ropes of the gallows was swinging in the breeze. All the wanted posters had pictures of me. I got Michael 45 right by my side. And it's uh, that time of day when we welcome in our weird friend, our unbroken string of weird friends. We've, we've, I think we've had one. Well, I think there was one day I got dissed by Boom Man. But, you know, that's going to happen. Today it's the smart cyclist, Michael Christensen. Uh, Michael, um, hey man, thanks for coming in. Happy Thursday. All, every Thursday is a happy Thursday because that's the day when you're normally here. It's a party in the studio. Bum, 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 bum. And the thing is, is Michael is, uh, well, no, uh, the bad mother comes in the studio now too. Oh, very good. But up until a couple of weeks ago, you were the only weird friend who actually came in, the, took the time to come in the studio. Now, I can't expect that from everybody, but I appreciate your... Not, not everybody has the geographic proximity to you as I do. Just you and the bad mother. Bad mother's even closer than you are. But we won't go into that. She does not need to be identified. Um, You are identified. You're Michael Christensen. You are the president of the Falls Area Bicyclists. I have a name and I'm not afraid to use it. Uh, You are a certified instructor with the League of American Bicyclists. Uh, You are uh, involved uh, in the community in many ways. And in that, so in, 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 in some ways, and I don't mean to be blasphemous, you're kind of a high priest of cycling. Wow. So there's a lot of stuff that orbits around me that I know about. Yeah. So in that regard, in that role, I've, 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 I've come to you with my, forgive me, Michael, for I have sinned. Are we going to do a confession? (laughs) It is. This is a radio confession. So here's the story. I am listening. Here's the story. I'm not completely proud of it, but, uh, uh, I, I understand why it happened. So (laughs) yesterday I'm, I'm riding home from after the show here mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful day mm-hmm. just awesome day and i'm tooling along at my normal 14 and a half miles an hour and lately i've been commuting back on my old commuter commuter you know my surly cross check right. with the normal tires not the fargo the salsa fargo uh, with the fatties the plus size yeah i saw yeah. The, i saw the bike out there when i came in this yeah, today. Cl- classic commuter very nice uh so anyway so i'm tooling along at my normal 14 and a half miles an hour yeah just kind of enjoying the day mm-hmm. and all of a sudden uh, I'm over in the pine trees over there between Minnesota and Cliff. We're talking bike trail, huh? Bike trail, on a bike trail. Oh, the pine, sure, the the pine, where, yeah. they, where they smoothed just, out the trail yeah. and remade the trail last year, the year before that? Yeah, beautiful yeah. stretch. This, the place we call Wisconsin because it smells good? Yeah, yeah. It, smells like, it smells like Wisconsin over yes. there. And uh, <laughs> stale beer and cheese. No, <laughs> no the pine trees. trees. <laughs> uh, and uh, all of a sudden, whoom, I catch... Somebody on my left. And oh. dude, which is fine. Mm, is it? Yeah. I mean, I get passed. It, it happens. <laughs> oh, well, that, yeah. That, no. Yeah. And, I'm listening. And, but he's tooling maybe 20. 
Sure. But okay, now it's not it's not a uh, uh, one of our racer friends. It's not okay. you know a, a team member. It's not a a roadie. Okay. As we like to call him, roadie affectionately. So no no kit, no costume. No no okay. kit. Was wearing uh, a jersey from uh, a brewery of uh, that I, from somewhere else. Okay. But loose fitting jersey. And, okay. You know, like cargo shorts and tennis shoes. So not spandex. Not spandex. Yep. Uh, kind of a hybridy looking bike straight by, Ooh. which is fine Oosh. with the lock around the seat post. Okay. You know, that look. Sure. I'm with it. I am that look occasionally. Sometimes a little rugged. Okay. I was a little rugged, but that's not the oh, point. Well, I'm either. not rugged, but I'm still listening. So it goes by me pretty close. Okay. No warning. And you know me, I am, I am always bike truck courteous. Yes. It's the safest way to be. It is. And there's, you know, a fair amount of people. So it goes by me and I'm a little annoyed. And I kind of give a, hey, you know, like that. Yeah. And as he's going away, I'm getting a little more annoyed. <laughs> getting a little more annoyed. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I'm going to say something. So uh, I dropped my old old school Campy 9-speed down into the 12 ring. Yes. I've only got 38 on the front. This is not, you know, I got to hump it. But <laughs> so I I... Get up on his back wheel, and he's tooling along. Nineteen, he was going pretty yeah, good yeah. for a dude with flat with, with tennis shoes and a and a, and a ponytail. Right, but it, uh, and he kind of notices me back there, and I'm deciding what I'm gonna, you know, what am I? Okay, ready the speech. I caught, I caught, yeah, I caught up. What am I gonna do? <laughs> and so he kind of stops pedaling because he sees me, and mm-hmm. I just rode by him. I'm like, no big deal. Okay, we'll just leave him there, right? And so, and then I come up, some people, I slow down. Yes. Oh, yeah. I slowed down because that's what you do. You do. Like some uh, elderly but folks not, out for a ride. But not everybody does that. No. And I say, you know, passing, passing. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And I notice the guy is back behind me again. And I, and he's like going to pass me again. And I'm like, hey, just. So I put my hand out and he kind of looks at me and I say, don't ever buzz me like that again. And he takes off. Uh-huh. He doesn't really say anything. And now I'm now I'm just mad because he did not acknowledge sure. my advice. No apology. No nod. No just, nothing. Just yeah. Like, you, did you say something to me? And I'm I'm letting him go. I'm letting him go. And then I kind of said something as he was going away. No acknowledgement. I'm letting him go. And up by cliff and down towards Tut Hill, I see him go. And I'm like, no, I can't let this stand. Do, 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 <laughs> drop it down again. Hammer again. And I get up next to him. And I catch him up by uh, uh, after the bridge going into Pasley there. And I pull up next to him. Yes. And I'm sitting sideways. And he looks at me. And I go, I just tell him to take. And now I see he's got headphones in. Okay. Now I'm really upset because he's doing this with headphones. Mm-hmm. And, and he looks at me and he says, yeah. And I said, do not ever buzz me or anybody like that ever again. And he says to me, hey, man, you do your thing. I'll do mine. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, uh, no. 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 We're living in a society. This is where my. This is where the. the this is where I said some things. Yeah, oh. This is not. This is now where I said some things that I kind of okay. regret. Yes. One of which I stretched the truth a little bit. I looked at him. I said, "Look, pal, you are not a bike racer, okay? And we're moving. We're still riding at this point. Sure. And and he looks at me. And I said, "You know why I know that? Because I am a bike racer." Now that's, <laughs> it's true. I hold a USAC USA cycling membership. Yes. I, I, I technically, but I, you know, you have some experience. I have but not. I mean, I am not what one would consider a classic bike racer. This is true. Right. But then he looks at me and he says, I know you, I'm going to do my, he, he yeah. said, he said, I don't have a problem with you. And I'm like, I got a problem with you. Do not ever do, just don't do that ever again. But this time I'm tired and I just yeah. dropped back and he just kept going. Yeah. But that's my confession. I lost yes, it on some dude. That is not the appropriate behavior, is it, Michael? It is. Yeah, you're opening yourself up for some some conflict. You never know what you're going to get in that mm. other person. Nobody ever feels good after they do that. No. It sort of wants to feel good when you're trying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also but, wasn't yeah. feeling good because I was throwing up a little bit in my mouth because I was because <laughs> you had to work. I had to work. And I was trying to not look like I was working. Thirty-eight on the front, so you're you're pedaling like 110 miles, <laughs> 10 rotations like per a minute. Rabbit. To, yeah. yeah. So what so, should yeah. I? The, the point is the point of this long. What should story, you have what done? What should I have done? Well, there's 
there's no satisfactory way to get out of that, but no. let him go. If you see him later, say, excuse me, sir, I just want to offer you one piece of advice. Yeah. Well, what you hope is he ends up in a class or something, right? Or, yeah. or he ends up in a teachable moment. Yeah. But yeah, we've, you know, we try and we wish that it would happen, but nobody ever takes instruction when they're not open to taking instruction. And so, yeah. Um, slow down, everybody. Just be courteous. Yeah, slow I mean, down. I don't and even that, tell people that, not to go fast, but just be courteous. That audible signal when somebody's when you're going by somebody is huge because if if Patrick is going left to avoid some pedestrians and and riders coming up at 20 miles an hour, collisions can happen. So hey, I'm back here. I'm coming by mm-hmm. you. A worm. That's huge. You see a worm, you don't want to run it over. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Uh, now that I've taken up most of your time, uh, we're gonna we'll have to come right back and we'll talk about some important things. Is that all right? I'll stick around. Oh, this cool. is great fun. Yeah. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three forty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and uh, a new addition to the uh, Patrick Lally Show musical selection. Let it play there a little bit. Lucero. Lucero, Long Way Back Home. Great new record. Have they played in Sioux Falls in they the have. last three years or something like that? Or maybe... I was shocked to learn from Scott Hudson yesterday that in fact played here more than once. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> I I kind of remember it now, but I wasn't there. But they're great. Yeah, so right. anyway, okay. that's what's going on there. Um, we're here with Michael Christensen, the smart cyclist uh, for uh, phase two of uh, Weird Friends today. Uh, it's, it's nigh on racing season, Michael. The time has come. It's here. Yes. It cross is not just coming. It is here. We've waited and waited. And those of us who don't race road or mountain or whatever, it's, yeah, it's time to start. So you, but the, the kind of, uh, one of the events that's not really, it's not really a mountain bike race. Really? I don't know what you, the rugged growler down in Canton. Yes. You in fact, uh, participated. I participated in that. So let me, let's set the stage for this participation. Sounds awful. And, and my stage for going into the cyclocross season, right? I'd been working hard all summer, riding my cross bike and, and spending time elevating my heart rate into the racing realms. Right. And then, and then after like that six or eight week block that you supposedly speak of and, and train and train and train, you take the, I took a recovery week. Yep. And then I took another another, <laughs> another recovery week. <laughs> and then I may have taken yet another recovery week. You're still building muscle. And so I'm a little, I was, I went into the rugged growler a little bit disappointed in myself. Yep. Um, I started looking at the calendar for cyclocross racing, still being a little disappointed in myself mm-hmm. thinking, well, maybe I'll go watch cyclocross this year. <laughs> That's not fun, but I mean, it's I, fun, but it, you feel like as soon yeah. as you get there, you're like, how come I didn't remember? Yeah, I should have, I should be riding. So yes, um, I did do the rugged growler. 39 people, a record 39 people went to Canton. That's good. Um, rode the rugged growler, which is gravel. It's the, every bit of horse trail in Newton Hills state park twice. Um, that road loop inside Newton Hills state park four times. That's mm. that 500 foot climb each lap in there. Nice. And then, uh, then a whole bunch of miles of gravel and, one uh, it's like six miles of low maintenance or road closed roads and one particular section of 10 foot tall weeds that we're poking our bikes through to get through to the other <laughs> so side. You're carrying and pushing. That's, that's a, that that's point, about right? a mile walk through weeds. Yeah. Oh man. And, uh, that, so 62 miles total took me five hours and three quarters to finish. Um, I finished strong, which was awesome. You felt good at the end. Yeah. I didn't win any prizes or anything. Right. But like like my like that kid Alonzo who who lives with me, <laughs> he is like an hour and a half ahead of me or something. No, I don't think it was that bad. But I talked to that kid Alonzo who lives with you. Yeah, and uh, he well he kind of does he does he actually live with you still? He's in yep. college. He okay. uh, yes, okay. he is solidly living. He, I now almost consider him a roommate. <laughs> that's new this that's new this fall. And he said uh, he he was in danger of making the podium there. He was, he, it was within reach for quite a while. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Cause he's yeah. a kid. Yeah. Uh, so you guys had a good, uh, a successful rugged growler. Yeah. And then that thing, you know, just finishing, it feels like you win because it's, it is truly tough. Yeah. And, and that's so. a good training session yeah. for uh cross season. I mean, it's a long race cross is a shorter race, but still right. get yeah. your legs under you. Yeah. That whole cross thing. That's 45 minute races yeah. as opposed to five hour and 45 minute race. So. And climbing. Yeah. And a and lot of running or walking, <laughs> walking, running, 
it's climbing. all good. <laughs> Occasionally going downhill so you get on for those parts. Yeah. So the uh, 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 cyclocross race will just seem like a little walk in the park for you now. That's a theory. <laughs> But cyclocross season, of 45, course, is, 45 minutes of a heart rate of 172 beats a minute. You know, that's that's what it's going to be for me. Oh, so. man. I hope mine's that low. <laughs> um, the uh, the uh, uh, cyclocross season starts in earnest Labor Day. Yes. Weekend. It's a little earlier this year, last couple of years than it's been in the past. Uh, but that's good because the big races in our area, Trek in Madison, Wisconsin, and Jingle Cross in Iowa City are both in like earlier than they used to be. So yeah. this is all good, except that it's it's like in a couple of weeks. It and, is. It's and, yeah. So Trek in Waterloo, Wisconsin is uh, the weekend of the twenty second, and then uh, Jingle Cross in Iowa City, Iowa is the 29th. of September. Of yeah. September, and so, those yeah. will be really fun. And uh, but um, I'm going to be out of shape. Let's just face that right now. Yeah, I'm it's, not going to be in racing. It's shape. weird that the biggest races are at the front of the season, and they do that so that the world's best can come. Those are World Cup races, yeah. so the best cyclists all over the world come. It's gonna, it's awesome, it's and neat. so we'll we'll hopefully be there with uh, our friends and colleagues. Um, the uh, so uh, Labor Day weekend. Cannonball Cross in, in Mason City. Mason City, Iowa. That's yep. yep. My, so my plan is Mason City, Iowa, that first weekend of September. And then two weeks after that, Star City Cross in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yep. Yep. Um, and then the weekend after that is Trek Waterloo. Ugh. And, and, and I'm unable, I am unable to do Jingle Cross. So that's, oh, those man. are my three September races. Those are, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then locally, we are in the, still, uh, we are going to have, Elmwood Forest Cross again, so that's something to look forward to. As I say, keeping the cyclocross heart beating in yeah, Sioux Falls. That's right. Until until something blossoms and we can do a series. Well, we could. October 21st is, uh, yep. but then there's also uh, uh, Madtown Cross in Madison, South Dakota, and then Lamar. So we kind of have three. Yeah. So. Yep. And yeah, Lamar's is in November and uh, yeah, Madison, Madtown is in November as well. Yeah. So. so we're going to be talking a lot about cyclocross in the next few months. It is what I do for the last three years in the fall, yeah, that awesome. marching band. Well, I'm glad you're going to be there. I'm looking forward to seeing you at some of these. Yeah. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, I'm going to be there. I'm all in, as you know. I do. It's a new year. I've, I've seen your, your social media account of how you're riding and where you're going and how uh, often and yeah. your bike's out there right now. So. My training is riding. I know you're big, thinking big heavy bike every day around town yep so so far that's <laughs> like running with leg weights uh michael christensen he is the smart cyclist and he's here most thursdays for weird friends michael always a pleasure thanks for coming thanks for having me coming up after the news and weather at the top of the hour we're going to chat with jody schwan of sioux falls business always informative this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO coming up on Saturday, and it's going to be a beautiful weekend from everything I'm told. Moonlight movies eight forty-five p.m. at Faywick Park. It's a free family fun event. The week this week's outdoor movie is Beauty and the Beast. Bring a lawn chair or blanket, popcorn, candy, soda, and water will be available for purchase. For details on this event, go to the event calendar at kso.com. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we've got Jody Schwan, friend of the show and publisher of SiouxFalls.Business, for the hour. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh seven on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I am uh, very excited to have back in the studio, friend of the show, and uh, occasional contributor whenever we can get her in here, and that's Jody Schwan, who is publisher of the Sioux Falls Dot Business, the finest business reporting site in the community. Business is not I mean, when people say business, it's like, well, what does that mean? Well, you're talking about retail, restaurants, entertainment, uh, development, future development, planning, all these things, right? I mean, Good it's overview, everything, Patrick. right, Jody? Yes. Thanks for having me on the show again, by the way. Well, Great uh, overview. I consider it uh, news about and of interest to the Sioux Falls business community. How's that? That's pretty good. Okay. You you uh, uh, delve into sort of city management stuff sometimes. A little bit when I think it's applicable to business ultimately. You know, yeah. and a lot of things are infrastructure, public safety to a certain extent, certainly quality of life, housing, 
Yeah. And uh, uh, labor, which I was going off on earlier, actually, uh, in my uh, reference to the, I should have given you credit, actually, now that I think about it, to SiouxFalls.Business, because it was a story on your uh, website that I originally learned about the lifeguard shortage, which is why we're closing the pools early. Right. I know. And sometimes news is much like a food chain because I can't claim total credit for it either. It actually (laughs) started at the Washington Post, which called a number of cities nationwide at the beginning of this pool season. And that's how we found out that this was a problem pretty much everywhere, not just Mm -hmm. in Sioux Falls. But uh, Gene Pearson, who oversees the pools for the city, was interviewed by the Washington Post, one of several recreation managers to be included in that story. So I reached out to her to say, tell me more about what's happening here. Are we really hiring a lot of older lifeguards? Are we trying to? And it was a very interesting conversation. Yes, it's difficult here, not nearly so much as in other cities. Austin, Texas is one of them, um, where they had about 644 out of 750 lifeguard spots filled by the 4th of July. Oh, So, wow. I mean, if you haven't filled them by then, yeah. good luck. So, you know, they're down 100 people from what they need. I am sure that the operational hours of those pools have been affected. I mean, how couldn't they? And here in Sioux Falls, the it hasn't been so much an issue on the lifeguard side as it has on the swimming instruction side. Oh, yeah. And that's all year round. So in the summer, it's a bit better because the college and the high school students who are lifeguards can double as swim instructors. Mm-hmm. But there's such demand for swimming lessons year round now that we've got the Midco Aquatic Center that finding people to teach those has been really hard. So what Jean has done is work with a lot of educators, teachers who have time in the evenings and on weekends to fill in the gaps and teach those lessons. But it has not been easy. She has tried a couple of we call them non-traditional lifeguards, mm-hmm. so a little bit older lifeguards. And it worked to an extent, um, but, you know, there's issues there, too. So one of them uh, taught part-time at a university level, I believe, and wanted to do some global traveling, mm-hmm. which, you know, made staffing the pool a little more difficult. And another transition to a different role within uh, Parks and Recreation because it was just hard on her back standing poolside, you know. So, I mean, there's oh, yeah. all kinds of these issues that you might not anticipate, even from solutions that might seem pretty logical. Yeah, I can imagine uh, if I say I went and got my what is it, the WSI or whatever it is, and you're like your oh, certification. Yeah, I'm going to go teach them. Like, yeah, I can swim, you know. And uh, uh, I getting in and out of the pool all day. Oh, it's difficult. I my back would be killing me. And the city is bumping up pay, I believe, a bit. They have a nice offer to cover the cost of that certification. But where they're struggling in the summer is in retention. So, you know, it used to be, and I remember this was not that many years ago, where one, it was a sought-after job to be a lifeguard for City Parks and Rec. And once you got that job, you stayed for years. You know, you might stay through much of high school and college. And now, if they can keep them for two years, they think they're doing well. Mm -hmm. So imagine having to start that hiring process from scratch Every year, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's been real difficult. What does it pay? Do you know? I believe it's around $10. Oh, my God. I'm guessing. Yeah. I, I used to think, think the lifeguards, when I worked park and rec, I mean, it's going way back. All right. This is not really a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. The park and rec people made less than the lifeguards. We always thought the lifeguards were living the life of Riley over there. You know what I'm saying? And I, that might be starting. And, you know, obviously, you've got supervisory jobs yeah, and things still. like that. But I... They're not super high-paying jobs. You know, they're seasonal hourly positions. Yeah, it's time to bump that up. If I'm wrong on that, someone please correct me. But yes, they are bumping it up. And yet when you look at just the number of people holding these seasonal positions, and it's not just at the pools, you know, it's, it's maintenance and other kind of positions, when they gave just a minimal adjustment to pay, it was a six-figure adjustment to the overall city budget. Yep. Well, that's that's not it's insignificant, tough. as we like to say. My guess is a lot of this is school calendar, too. You know, once school starts, a lot of the um, the summer care programs do wind down in these mm-hmm. final weeks of summer. The attendance at the pool starts to go down a bit, too. So I think there's probably a lot of factors that figure into the to the closing. Doesn't uh, Sioux Falls school start earlier this yep. year than it did? This is the year a when year we ago. go back to a, a somewhat normal calendar. Mm-hmm. So that has a lot to do with it. People, even lifeguards want to have a little time off before they go back to school, whether it's high school right. or college. And I know I'm hearing college students going back already this yeah, week. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're going to Summer's come back. just too short, okay? Oh, That's what yeah, it all comes I know. down to. If we could just yes. add another month in there, that would be fine. Sign me up. <laughs> we're going to come right back and talk more with Jody Schwan, publisher of Business. That's SiouxFalls.Business on Facebook, and uh, that's uh, where I get most of my business news. Well, pretty much all of my business news, to be frank. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 
418 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we return to our conversation with Jody Schwan. Of course, you know her as the publisher of SiouxFalls.Business and a frequent guest on this program, and we've been discussing, well, we were talking about pools, but really it is yeah. a broader thing about labor supply. And I should self-correct. It looks like maybe $11 an hour for lifeguards. Uh, probably well. 10 when I was there. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? right. 10, 10's not, <laughs> 11's not ago, that, yeah. that was. 11, they haven't yeah. gotten an appreciable right. raise since then. Yeah. Um, but labor supply is an issue, continues to be an issue uh, across the country and particularly in Sioux Falls. What are you hearing in terms of, uh, I see Denny, uh, T. Denny was out at uh, uh, one of the, the trucking companies uh, that's involved in the Dakota workforce program yeah. that he's involved with. But I, are we getting any sense that there's something that there's any sense of uh things getting better or what's the trend here i almost wonder if it's just sort of the new normal because i don't feel like i hear about it as much but it's still this pervasive issue um t denny was out we got to follow along actually at malloy Malloy, um, which works with motors primarily and trucks motors you know (laughs) It was fun for him because he had never met students who had gone through Build Dakota before. You know, this program launched a few years ago, and he uh, came in with a matching donation of $25 million to provide full-ride two-year scholarships to tech schools in high-demand occupations like they have over at Malloy. And uh, I think he was really impressed by the experience that the students had gained and really how much they had taken to these professions that, Mm -hmm. you know, they otherwise wouldn't have had exposure to, wouldn't have had an incentive to go and pursue. And the way that Malloy has approached this is a great model for other businesses because it's partnership. So the company comes in, they back some of the scholarships, they're starting in high school, they're showing the students a variety of different roles um, within their operation, and they're connecting them with mentors, which is huge, and it's been a win-win, um, both for the established employees as well as for the younger ones. But, you know, it is a case-by-case basis. It's mm-hmm. a lot of investment in every individual. And I think that ultimately is what it's going to take for businesses um, to really take ownership of their workforce development issues, challenges. In some cases, technology is going to come in and assist. It just is. You know, there are going to be processes that are automated. We can talk about the jobs lost to call centers in this community Mm -hmm. over time, and I don't think we're done. And I think as much of that is due to technology as it might be to outsourcing. So, you know, the uh, the demands on workers are changing. Employers are finding ways to solve their workforce needs that are taking a lot of different forms from automation to a much more intentional approach to the recruitment and retention. Well, and if you think about how long we've been in the call center business in this community, it's 30 years, for, oh, almost 40 years, right? It's going on 40 years. Yeah, it, 1980. It, yeah. Yeah. So it will be uh, 40 years soon. Um, it, that's a long time ago. To think that, that that business would still be the same today as it was then and still growing and expanding, it just changed. Right. Businesses change. The world changes. Technology our, changes. Our you have to adjust. and manufacturing jobs in this community in 40 years have changed enormously. Oh, my God. Um, and what we don't want to ignore on the financial services side is the unbelievable growth in fintech that we're enjoying in this community, you know, driven by Meta Financial. Um, Bancor is another big player, and we have others that are smaller, you know, but um, very interesting work, a lot of higher skilled jobs mm-hmm. required. You know, those are the kind of jobs that we want to be trying to grow in the community. Yeah, the financial sector itself is, from my, my sense of it, is doing quite well. Just this... We had our call center jobs were in financial, right? In large measure, so it feels like, but like they almost as easily could have been in retail. You right. know, I mean, these were primarily customer facing yep. types of positions, and you never like to lose jobs. But you know, at the same point, if you're going to lose a category of jobs or some, um, it's not maybe the worst category. Mm-hmm. Now, the the unfortunate part in banking. That doesn't get as much attention. It's a little bit harder to quantify as we have lost some supervisory jobs mm-hmm. as um, functions have become more centralized. You know, yeah. um, we don't have as many management level or corporate level positions at some of those major financial names in this market as we did even five years ago, certainly 10 years ago. And that's the nature of that industry. It's the nature of a lot of industries, mm-hmm. though, compressing the the these 
the structure of your workforce. So right? the name of the game is you want to be headquarters, I really think, you know, yep. because if the jobs are based there, you're much more likely to retain that corporate level type of position. So we have some of them here um, because we have a good base of operations still, but where we really want to invest are in those homegrown companies that started here, are growing here, are probably going to keep their senior leadership team here as they expand into other markets. And don't you think, don't you feel like we have, I mean, you know, we're never going to have a bunch of Fortune 500 companies here. We know that. And that's not necessarily the goal. But it feels like we have uh, better structure, tools, people, talent to be more successful with growing bigger companies here. Be It, it just feels like we have lost some of that sense of, oh, you know, we, what we need to do is go find somebody. We never had the confidence, really, to think that we could make major impact, major effect on our uh, workforce by growing at home. And I, I feel like that. that's changed. I think healthcare has done a lot for us in that regard. Yeah. You know, when you look at how um, both our major healthcare systems have been able to grow from Sioux Falls into lots of other areas geographically as mm -hmm. well as within their fields, that gives us a big confidence boost as a community, for sure. And then you add in some of those homegrown, more tech-oriented mm -hmm. type of companies. DocuTap. The DocuTaps, yeah. the Meta Financials. Um, Cars Raven, for sale. You know, has yeah. a, Raven has evolved itself enormously in the last um, 10 to 15 years from a contract manufacturer to really a tech company yeah. um, with a manufacturing side to it. Um, CarsforSale.com is another good example. So the, the amazing thing about Raven is that it's, it's they've all, it seemed like they were on the way out, what, two or three times, and they have reinvented themselves more than once. There are so many interesting narratives for other businesses within Raven when you look at how they've continued to invest in research and development, how they've diversified what they do, but still kept, a, I think, a pretty clear vision and a, a clear core of, of who they are. Uh, Poet is another one I don't mm -hmm. want to leave out. Poet has grown enormously from a base of operations in Sioux Falls. And it's great to see those companies, um, I mean, Raven, put in tremendous investment into downtown, which was really great. Poet, of course, had tremendous investment into Sioux Falls. Uh, that's the sign of a company that's going to be there a while and you can build upon. For sure. And, you know, energy is not going away. The need for energy is not going away. Mm -mm. The need for healthcare is not going away. So you, we are built on a, a good foundation in this community. And the need for financial products is certainly not going away. It's just what they look like is going to change. And you have to evolve your organization with it. Evolve or die, right? That's right. That's like my business model, right? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. what we do. We're going to come right back and talk more with Jody Schwan, the publisher of Siouxfalls.Business, here in a moment after the news and weather. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Uh -huh. But you don't really care. 4.33 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And uh, we are uh, continuing to chat with Jody Schwan, the publisher of Siouxfalls.Business. Uh, we talked about labor markets. We talked about... Uh, transforming uh, your business or dying. Uh, let's get down to brass tacks here. Uh, B&G is expanding. Food. I knew that's where we're going, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Most popular story on the website this week, B&G Milky Way. Oh. As it should be, right? That's right. Near okay. and dear to my heart. You looking to get into business? How about franchising B&G? That's what it's going to take for them to expand. Uh, I want to go to Harrisburg as well as Southeast Sioux Falls. So... Uh, land in Southeast Sioux Falls that they're looking at is near 41st and Veterans Parkway, which would be over by Harmonden Park. I really can't think of a better location, honestly. No, no right <laughs> by of, the baseball diamonds there. You might get by there once in a while. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's within, Ride your uh, bike over there. Oh yeah, baby. Now hey, we're talking. wait a second. Franchising. I know. I've already yeah. thought about this. No, 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 okay. no, no. I, I, I saw your story, uh, yeah, I think yesterday. And I said to myself, wait a minute. I have a deep abiding passion for B&G as a, as a product and as a franchise I, and it, it deep roots in my own life. Okay. And I think now is the time I need to be a, a B&G franchising. you light up just talking about this, <laughs> right? You're like That's exactly your career path here before you. Well, I, I mean, here we'll connect you uh, with the family. I'm sure they'd love to have that conversation. Yeah. 
That's would good. this make? Like seven of them, I think. The seventh B and G wow. in the Sioux Falls area. Well, and I think from that story, they have somebody interested in the Harrisburg location, right? Is there? I, I believe they've got uh, somebody who's who's in discussions on the Harrisburg spot. But the the Sioux Falls Southeast Forty First and and Highway Eleven, that's that's right in the that's the money zone. That's right. a cash cow, right? Yes, there. you're right. They have one for Harrisburg. They need to find one for Southeast Sioux Falls, which, I mean, I, yeah. that's interesting, too, because typically you would think that maybe someone would consider it a little bigger risk uh, to go into an outlying community. But when you look at how Harrisburg has grown, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, The retail absolutely. in that community has picked up like crazy. You've had several stories recently about things happening in Harrisburg. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There's been some other uh, restaurants, well, boutiques, Fairway bars. Kicked that kind of all of this off. Fairway. Fairway really started this little retail boom in Harrisburg. But yeah, we went out there recently, visited a number of new businesses. Air Madness is another one that has ah, really yes. brought a lot of people to town. They just filled in the vacant restaurant space over there. They've got a really fun business uh, called 84. It's an arcade bar. Oh, and that's right. A lot of vintage games yep. and, and some uh, international ones. and just, just a cool type of setting. You go play some Japanese video games? Mm-hmm. Just hang out and play some video games. I, I think they were that. adding some snacks maybe. And of course, you that would know, be good. Yeah, Harrisburg. beer on tap. So. Uh, Harrisburg's booming. Um, and so do you think it's a little weird? Not weird. It seems unusual to say, yeah, we want to we wanna open a, a restaurant, a B&G. Who, who wants to do it for us? <laughs> you know what I mean? Normally, you'd have that kind of lined up, right? Sometimes we hear actually from the national chains when they're looking to come into a market, but they mm-hmm. need a franchisee. So when I go to Las Vegas every year and talk about these national retailers coming to town, often it's in the food space. Mm-hmm. And they will sort of, you know, just fish around a little bit in the market by saying, we've got growth plans, you know, we need a franchisee. I think it makes sense in this case because when you're an owner operator, it just adjusts your whole approach to the business so much. I mean, mm-hmm. they could probably do it themselves, but then you hire a manager and that person just doesn't always have the same level of buy-in as someone who's a franchisee. So yeah. it makes I, sense. And I love B&G, but I will say this. Okay. If I, I, I almost always have to go to the West 12th Street location, which is the original. And the others are fine. I like West 41st Street. fine. Sometimes when I'm out, like say on 69th Street or something, it doesn't, because of my history, that's not B&G to me. The original location, West 12th Street, it's got, it's just classic. So when you take over that Southeast Territory, you could do a retro <laughs> yes. looking. Actually, I think it would do great if you did a, a retro looking, replica original B&G. That's brilliant, Jody. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'll give you a little management only, fee on that one. Okay. The only thing I'm, you know, if he gets a franchisee off this story, actually, I think we need to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> only one little issue that they have is their access at 69th and Louise, which is challenging. Because there's is a boulevard. challenging. But, you know, knows. when I am motivated to go, I don't care. Uh, no, and I like it. I've been mm-hmm. there. It's good stuff. Um, now that we're done advertising for B&G, but that's fine. Um, you have coming up, I don't want to let this get away from us, the... Uh, 605 made night market. Yes, right, when thank is that? you. Boy, I'm so excited about this one. It's a week from Saturday, so okay. August 25th from 4 to 10 p.m. in the parking lot of Sharapa Place. It's free, and it is just a really good time. Last year was the first one, and mm-hmm. we got about two-thirds of the way through, and then our friends at Parks and Recreation had to shut it down about an hour early because of weather coming in. Yeah, I was so, there. You enjoyed it, right? Yeah, I did. I was enjoying, uh, I think, Union Grove Pickers were playing. They're coming back. Union Grove Pickers are coming back. I love the Union Grove Pickers. We're kicking it off this year. I'm very excited about this with a traditional Asian lion dance. Wow. Night markets started in Asia. Uh, This time of year in particular, it's so hot that people would go out at night. And so their commerce began to happen, you know, after dark. And the lion dance is traditionally done to kick off an event like a night market or a business opening to bring good luck. So we have a team coming in from Sioux Falls. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a partnership. I love this actually between the Vietnamese community and the Chinese community in Sioux Falls to do these dances. That's so, really cool. Yeah, I thought so too. So they're going to kick things off for us. Uh, the dance is at 415. Um, we've got some other uh, musical acts leading up to Union Grove Pickers. So live music all throughout the event. You can shop from 4 until 10. So that's what's really cool about this mm-hmm. is, you know, think about an outdoor art festival, but under the lights mm-hmm. at night with really eclectic locally made merchandise. I think we have about 30 makers who will have products uh, for sale that night. 
Lots of good food, street food emphasis. Very excited about a newcomer. You know, last year we helped the uh, Indian food truck Mm -hmm. debut and they sold out of food. They decided to take the summer off because they got some family events. So Mm -hmm. I'm bummed that they can't be with us this year. But we're bringing in a new Vietnamese uh, food provider and they're going to do bami, which is outstanding, egg Mm -hmm. rolls, um, fried rice noodles. Which one is that? Because I think they're out there right now, right? I mean, not that spot, but they're out and about. They've only done a couple events so far. Okay. So they did Jazz Fest and they did um, right. the fair. I saw them at Jazz Fest. That's really they cool. They were very popular at Jazz Fest. They were. Mm-hmm. There was a long line. Yep. I had to go somewhere else. There will be long lines at this one too, <laughs> I think. But we'll have a lot of food vendors. Ode is going to do uh, the beer and wine for us. So we're excited awesome. to, to have them again there too. And that's a week from Saturday. That's right. We want to thank uh, First National Bank in Sioux Falls. They're a sponsor on that one. They help make that possible. My friends over at Novak Sanitary are donating the trash services for us this year. Thank which you. Which is much appreciated. And then, of course, our partners over at... Naughty Gnome Variety and Salvage in Hartford are helping coordinate everything, organize the makers, set it all up. So all I have to do is get people there. So thanks for giving me the platform to do that. <laughs> no problem. Well, <laughs> Saturday you, from 4 to 10. You don't need me. Working a lot of Chicago Place, August 25th. You have a fine platform of your own, right? Um, and that's called Business. And we're going to come back and talk more with Jody Schwan, publisher of said platform. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. The clouds will blow away. 445 on the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO. And in fact, the sun will shine today and the clouds are blowing away, which is lovely. So we will continue our conversation with Jody Schwan of Siouxfalls.Business. And uh, we've, we've hit all the hot topics here, but I do want to mention one story, Jody, that's on your site right now. Uh, SiouxFalls.Business that I saw through your Facebook account, which is SAB immunotherapy neutralizes Ebola, Ebola in animal study. Now, uh, this, this is an amazing company that has uh, come to this area and has is growing, but that's a stunning headline, I, Jody. That by far, I would say, is the biggest story that we've run from for sure this week. But really, I mean, when you're talking about broad implications here, this is huge. And sometimes on these biotech research type of stories, it can be hard to get attention. It can be hard to get people to pay attention. You know, this is really important. And the fact that SAB has shown in animals that its immunotherapy can provide 100% protection against Ebola. They tested it after one day of exposure to the disease in three days. 100% worked. In the animals and and in the control group, fatalities, all of them. That's amazing. I mean, so when you think about the global implications, first of all, for this particular immunotherapy that SAB, as you said, based in Sioux Falls, right, Mm -hmm. doing this work in Sioux Falls has achieved. And then you look at the additional implications for all of the other ways that they can use essentially the same approach for other diseases. It's pretty mind boggling and it's really exciting. So, you know. If there's anything that takes longer than land development, it's uh, healthcare-related <laughs> research yeah. and development. So there's still a ways to go here, but this is a really, really promising sign. And this is the company, if I remember all this correctly now, um, and who just opened a new research facility because they're, they use livestock right. to, to generate the antibodies that they use in their research. They use cattle, yes. transgenic cattle, and they have they're working on the construction's a little bit delayed, but they're working on a farm. P H A R M farm ah. out by Canton yeah. for this growing population of livestock that they're using. So they have that going on. They're also one of the anchor tenants announced uh, earlier this year for the USD Discovery District. Ah. So their office, their lab space and and hopefully ultimately a lot of production space is scheduled to be happening again right here in Sioux Falls at that USD Discovery District. And remind me of the gentleman's name. He's been on the show, Eddie. Eddie Sullivan is, Sullivan. Um, yeah, the CEO. I should be able to remember Eddie Sullivan. 
<laughs> SAB um, first came to our attention in Sioux Falls back in, I believe, 2003 when it was still called Hematech. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, this is just a snapshot of how long these things take because the technology had already been in development prior to that. Yeah. But Amazing story. Really right? reaching a critical point when I saw that one. And there's a lot of this they can't talk to until it's published somewhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have to go through all of the process of clinical trials. But when I saw that show up yesterday, I just had to read it a couple times and kind of let it sink in. Like, wow, that actually did happen. It's a big deal. And it's um, just the animal trials, mice and all that. So you right. don't know what's going to happen. But you can't have breakthroughs in humans without having breakthroughs in research. Nope, so that's, that's great news. That's the process. So yeah, it's, it's great news. Um, let's talk, let's go back to retail a little bit. The, uh, there's been a bunch of stories recently um, about action out there at 85th and Minnesota, which is just going crazy. Right. I, you know, we talk a lot about anchors in retail and the power of a store like a Walmart to bring so many people that it encourages additional business development around it. And nowhere has that been more pronounced in Sioux Falls than at 85th and Minnesota, where even this week we've had multiple new announcements. Urban Chislick opened today, actually. And I will wow. bet you that despite the ongoing rain, they had a great <laughs> crowd when they opened the door because there is so much interest in this. And uh, I really hope, meat. I hope they do well because their plan is to expand, um, you know, if things do go well in that first location. Not just Chislick, and they have lots of varieties of that, even though I know the purists would say there aren't really a lot of varieties no. to Chislick, but they, they have taken it in many different directions. But uh, let's be there's serious. something for everybody on this menu. The original uh, Chislick, which is like apparently mutton, yes. which is the reason it got boiled in hot oil was to make it edible. Okay. So this is, you take when you take good meat or whatever and you boil it in hot oil, now you have a better experience. So let's not fixate on the on the the, the the classicness of it right? right and they are flash frying this i believe oh, apparently God. it's very tasty they also did that to the cheese curds so appetizers other kinds of sandwiches salads on this menu in addition to chislick so that was open this week and then um, safe splash swim school is coming later this year this is another growing trend in retail these little swim schools that mm-hmm. are going into retail centers we talked about the need for swimming lessons they're finding lots of demand for that so they build like a little pool in there yeah, they, they build do? an actual pool in there and you know it's very kid friendly it doesn't have to be that big i suppose to do swimming lessons mm-hmm. it's not like they're teaching them how to and it's pretty much just the pool in there you know, I mean, they'll have like locker <laughs> rooms you and, need? you know, a little reception counter and everything. And sometimes they have a birthday party room because they host those. But, right, so they don't need a ton of square footage. Well, that's a pretty good idea. I thought so. This is the thing about retail. Everybody says, you know, the, oh, the death of malls, the death of retail. Well, first of all, I think that's a little bit um, blown out of proportion. But retail has this wonderful capacity to reinvent itself and come up with these concepts that you never have thought of. And then they make perfect sense. And they, they respond to changing markets, you know, which is what any effective business should do. So the swim school is coming. We announced Silver Star Car Wash has bought land out there, mm. also in front of Walmart. And then the long-awaited first location for Orange Theory Fitness is going to be out there, too, in that same retail and, center. And what's the deal with these Orange Theory Fitness? Because there's a lot of fitness joints. So what's what's their hook? Orange Theory has something like a 1,000 locations. They're growing mm. very quickly. And um, it's a high-intensity type of workout. The idea is to get into the orange zone, as they call it, which then results in calorie burn. Where is that? That's something work, below your threshold. After the workout. Ah. Um, yeah, different types of, um, you know, they do some strength training and mm-hmm. um, cardiovascular and very um, catchy brand, I think. Yeah, and I didn't understand the orange part. Now I get it. Yeah. So it's all based on uh, w- maintaining a an intensity at a certain uh, heart rate, you right. know, you know, that sort of. And of and course, then, there's an app tied to it because, you oh, know, yeah, you're well, always going to have an app. So. They promote that there's a lot of science integrated into it. It's a full body workout, 60 minute classes. And, and yeah, the the idea is to get at least 12 minutes in this orange zone, you know, yeah. getting your heart rate to a certain level and then getting that. But not going red. Post workout burn. Something below the red zone. No, I hope, yeah, I hit the red <laughs> zone. The app starts sounding an alarm. <laughs> it's time to dial it down. Well, you got to be all hooked um, up to diodes. This is one of those concepts, though, that people have seen in other cities. So they're excited that it's coming here. I would not be surprised to see them do multiple locations in a market of this size. Um, then, so that's 85th in Minnesota. Yep, opening later this year. Is there any room left out there? There is some room left out there, yeah. Um, there's some land for another standalone. At one point, they had thought about maybe some kind of restaurant standalone out there. 
um, potentially another retail center. And then I think there's still some vacancy in that that new shell space that's up. And that's just the Walmart corner. There's land available behind Reliabank, which is opening um, next month. I believe there's still some left next to Aldi, which opened this month or late last month. That's right. There's an Aldi out there. Mm -hmm. You can tell I don't get out there very often. I make that trip south. Well, it's I believe that, how it's, things have changed. Now, for me, I got to go west more often. I don't get out on the west side enough. Yeah. And there's a lot happening on that Ellis Road corridor. I've been avoiding it because of construction. Right. But when know. they get that done, it's mm -hmm. going to just boom up some more, yep. right? Yep, for sure. That's awesome. Well, Jody Schwan, she is the publisher of Sioux Falls Business, uh, a, the, a great source for local business news, comings and goings, development, retail, big picture, small picture, all of it. Jody, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. Tell you what's coming up tomorrow on the show. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 457 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up on Saturday, it is the big downtown Riverfest. Now, hold on, because there's a lot, okay? 4 to 11 p.m. on the downtown Greenway between 8th Street and 6th Streets, Sharapa Place and the Raven Industries parking lot. There's live music on two stages, kids' activities, food trucks, cold drinks, retail vendors, canoe rides, live art, and a fireworks finale. Well, that's that's a lot. It's all day. For details on this event, or any event, really, go to the calendar at KSOO.com and find out the details. But that's going to be a big dang deal. And don't worry about the steps. There's some controversy over the steps along the river. Don't worry about that. Just don't, don't give that any concern. <laughs> Coming up tomorrow, we have Doug... Kroneisel, who is spokesman for the Amendment W. You know Amendment W is the uh, replacement for the once mighty IM-22, the government reform package on the ballot this November. And the Buffalo Maiden is our weird friend of the day, so you're going to want to tune in for that. The happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show tomorrow on Information 1000 KSOO. Underneath the mess of a cloud.